now performing our next nominated tune is a man who has repeatedly proven that he cannot talk and who tonight will prove that he can't sing either. Vince McMahon performing, and I believe this is good advice for all of you here and at home to put your fingers up, your ears, and stand back, Vince McMahon. having this big of an intro. You know what makes it so great, though? Is that it's a whole band. It, it's really it's phenomenal. It's so over the top. All right. I was just a boy. Everybody told me what I should do, who I should be. Can you give it more? Can you give it a boost? Oh my god, that's so great. Alright, it is jobbing out. But but do you like how Jim Richard says Vince McMahon, who's one of the greatest talkers in the history of the uh, business, he can't talk. He can't right? talk. <laughs> that is amazing now that I think back on it. Oh, this is so wonderful one. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it here in a second. Alright, it's jobbing out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's uh, Aaron Oster and we are together for maybe the final time this year, but I we haven't decided that exactly just yet. We'll it's like it everything else in the world when you get to the holidays. It's touch and go. Yep. It's touch and go at that point. Other thing that's touch and go, I've been drinking all day today. It's going to so, be a fun show. It's going to be, be a fun show. show. Episode number 42 of Jobbing Out, our holiday edition of the program. So glad that you are with us. And um, we're going to do a couple things on this week's edition of the show. Of course, Aaron, you know, covers the uh, WWE for the Baltimore Sun and for Rolling Stone. And I just bitch about things on the Internet. Fact. And sometimes on the radio as well. And apparently and- over text messages I found out this weekend – Earth. Oh, because we were uh, well, because AJ got mad at me. Yeah. So we have a third co-host that's never actually on the show. Well, he's only on before pay-per-view because he has a real job where he plays football professionally and might win a Super Bowl this year. Probably going to come back to the area. Oh, January. that's right. That's right. It's it's shaping up for that yeah. to be the four or five, right? Yeah, exactly. And everybody keeps talking about how Washington is going to win a playoff game, dude. If they play Seattle, wait, what did you talk? Who's talking about Washington? No, no, no. Everybody, everybody talks about how the team that has a terrible record, oh, that, just gets, that they always, always wins a playoff yeah, game. Yeah, they don't normally run into a bus. No, the like. Seahawks are the might be the best team in football. Right. There's no chance they would beat the Seahawks. Anyway, that's all besides the point. So our buddy AJ Francis, who is our third co-host, and he plays for the Seahawks, and so he can only come in every now and then. He listened to last week's show and is very mad at me. Is extremely mad at me that I'm not. First of all, you better know that if you're lining up with him, it makes you a mark because he is the mark of marks. Well, of course, he's a mark. He is like he thinks that he's under contract with the WWE. He's not there yet. He might be at some point, but he's not there yet. And so he was mad that I didn't think that. The, but anyways, I was at work on Saturday, and meanwhile, every dude. five seconds, well, I, I had to defend <laughs> myself. Did I not? Did I start this attack or did he? He did, but he you started this attack. I, I was just like, I'm saying out of this. I one. needed to defend myself about his attacks. Anyway, I think it was fair. fair yeah, we had a Twitter exchange or a, a text exchange that went on for. I, I kept thinking to myself at some point, don't you guys have a walkthrough? <laughs> like you're playing football tomorrow, don't you have a walkthrough to do today at some point? And apparently, no. He had plenty of time to be texting with me, and then they ended up winning anyway. So, yeah. God bless. 
All right. Uh, on this week's show, we are going to do our sort of year in review, just in case we don't do a show next week, which is very plausible at this point because it's the holidays. That's the way things go. So we're going to do our year in review when it comes to professional wrestling. We're also on this week's show going to talk to Leo Rush. Um, a lot of you will say, who's that? Leo Rush is a guy that has been competing at MCW, MCW being Maryland Championship Wrestling. I always forget that most of our listeners are not in this area. Yeah. Um, Maryland Championship Wrestling, which is one of the best indies in the country. It yes. happens to be here locally where we are. But Leo Rush's tag team partner is a guy that you've probably heard of. Uh, his name is Patrick Clark. And he was on Tough Enough, and he is now signed with the WWE. And at some point here soon, you'll be seeing him on NXT. Not, not just tag partner; they were the first two graduates of the Maryland Championship. Like their their new their rebranded school. Right. They they used to have an older school. Now they have kind of a rebranded one. These are the first two graduates of their school. And Leo Rush is really a rising star in the company, and that's something or in wrestling, not in the company. And just this past weekend, uh, Leo Rush got the opportunity for the first time to work at Ring of Honor. Yeah, and you know it wasn't. He's not signed. He's it was not, a dark match, but it's a huge moment, yeah. obviously, for any performer to get that opportunity with a major brand. And we're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about coming up. We're going to talk to him obviously about Patrick and his success at this point. So we got a lot to talk about with Leo Rush. And again, you'll hear it here first. Is sort of the way we're doing this. He's going to be a name, Leo Rush. Whether it's Leo Rush he's, at that, he's point. becoming a big name on these. And we'll we'll talk to him about it. It would not surprise me. The Ring of Honor just they have their yearly top prospect tournament. Yeah, it would not surprise me in the slightest if Leo Rush takes part in that. That would make a lot of sense. That yeah. make a ton of sense. So we'll talk to Leo Rush later in the show, and we will do our year in review coming up in our second segment. We uh, let off today's show with Vince McMahon doing Stand Back from the 1987 Slammies. One because it's one of the greatest pieces of audio ever recorded. And two, because this week was the Slammy Awards for the WWE. Which is a better moment for the Slammies? Is it that or is it Owen Hart's, I'm a winner? That was really good. It's it's one of those two as the greatest moments in Slammies You're right. It's very, very good. Um, And I want to talk about the Slammies. The actual wrestling that happened this week, the, the question really is, did anything happen this week that has an impact leading into Royal Rumble? Maybe just the the idea of the League of Nations actually starting to become, you know, I'm going but, to destroy everybody. But then Roman Reigns beat them all up. At and, the end. But one Roman Reigns beat them all up at the end. And the other thing too is that as I as I warned when we when you and I were texting with AJ, there is still this huge. What does the League of Nations have to do with the Authority? Right. And the answer remains we absolutely nothing. Right. As of right now, zero. Right. And. It, it, but that would be the one takeaway from the show is I mean, exactly okay. what they're doing with the League of Nations. Well, and strength in numbers going to the Royal Rumble makes sense. It's just that when you form when you form with one of the members being the champion, you'd like to think that they wouldn't suddenly like disappear from that world. It's just very weird. To well, me, they're not disappearing from that world because I, I, I get it. It seems were, like they might string out the Sheamus thing until the and Rumble. Sheamus Roman Reigns will be the title match of the yeah. Rumble again, almost because. And this is what we talked about with Triple H, almost because. You don't really have anything else to do that's logical for the Royal Rumble right now. John Cena's coming back, but you don't want to throw him in the title picture again so quickly. Plus, you might want to have John Cena win the Royal Rumble. Who knows? I think that you were convinced a week ago that like the entire path to WrestleMania was set, and I am more and more convinced it's not set whatsoever. I still have major questions about what direction, other than I'm more and more convinced that they're leading towards Roman Reigns and Triple H. I just don't know if they're more and more leading towards that with one of them being the champion. And I, I'm, I'm just not there yet. I right. don't know. But it, that's the only thing right now that I have confidence in at this point. Anyway, so I want to come back to the Slammies. The Slammy Awards are on Monday night. And we're going to do our uh, year in review in the next segment. 
And our year in review is more legitimate than the Slammies are. Everybody knows that. The Slammies, while quote-unquote legitimate because fans are voting on it, the Slammies are a work. The WWE chooses who the nominees are. They they choose what categories are. They choose all those right. things. And it's not based on – it's not like uh, the Superstar of the Year isn't based on necessarily who performed the best. Although this year, I think everybody would be in agreement that Seth Rollins was the best performer of the year. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see when we get – I actually have a different uh, performer of the year. Fair but. enough. But I think that was a you know that that was the most logical choice of that. I'm, I'm very surprised the fans chose him too. Of that course, because he's, he's a heel. He's a heel, and, and traditionally that hasn't happened. And a, and a year ago, we were so convinced that it was work because Roman Reigns won, and Roman Reigns wasn't even around for right. a good bit of it. Um, there are a bunch of stuff that really bothered me about the Slammies. All right, and I and I it bothers me more because I realize this is not the way you should be doing this. And I, it reeks of, we have three hours of course. to fill. Yep. We have to do the slamming it, it, It's around the holidays. It's something, you know, you can not necessarily, you know, not that the bookers need, you know, they should be doing stuff, but it's a, it's a show it, that it, you don't need to book. It's it's lazy. It, it is. It, it it's, just goes it's laziness, back. And, yes. And, and the worst part about it, Aaron, on Monday, was that how many awards were won by somebody People that wasn't, who wasn't there? there. Like that's the thing. You know what? If anything, it probably should be a a worked. That's what I'm. You control who the nominees yeah. are. Not not just the nominees. Like, you can control who wins. Yeah. You don't have to release the the Woodward and what's the what's the name of the accounting firm? Oh, Price Waterhouse. You don't <laughs> have to release to Price Waterhouse what the voting was. Right. And which person voted for who? It, it's embarrassing to do a TV show and give out. It, why yeah. am I watching? Right. If the guy's not even gonna be there, why am I Especially watching with something this? like Brock Lesnar when it would you know in Minneapolis? How did Brock Lesnar not show up? Yeah, that's weird. At least you have Paul Heyman there at that yeah. point. Like you have The Rock win something. The Rock like, everybody wins knows something The Rock isn't there. John Cena, you know, the John Undertaker. C- John Cena wasn't even there to accept his humanitarian award. Like I, I just I, I don't. What are you doing? Yeah. What What is the purpose of this? If the purpose is to do a year end clip show, right? Yeah. If that's your purpose, if your purpose is we want to do a year end clip show. Hey man, do a year do end a year clip? end clip show. In fact, I, I think it's good WWE Network programming to do a year end clip show. Everybody uh, I, likes I was gonna say, the Slammies just should be on the network, is what it should. be. I think that's very evident at this point. Yeah. The Slammies should not be part of Raw right. because it's so it, you're accomplishing nothing. It drags down the show. It drags down storylines. And I get it. You have a long time between the December pay per view and the and, Royal and that's Rumble. Part of it. It, it fills that, time around the holidays. I that's understand what it's that, for. and you might have, as I said before, you might have to get creative a little bit. And they don't want to do that. Right. They're, exactly. They're, they're allergic to the idea of being creative. I'm, I'm not. I'm not defending it, but I'm saying that's the reason. That's that is the reason but they brought the Slammies back in the first place. Because don't forget, there was a long time when they didn't have the Slammies. Okay, agreed. But could you make the Slammies cool? Could no. you? Let me ask this: <laughs> What's wrong with the way they used to do the Slammies? Um, what would be? Let me hypothetical. Okay, what like if, if you're saying the way they actually used to do it? I, what's wrong with it is that people didn't get to see it. Okay, oh, that's a problem. I mean, well, they, yeah. they put on MTV, you know, a few times. They, I, you know, well, they they did it. There were some that were kind of, lo, you know, small things. That, and they put it, they put it out later. Right. You know, right. It right. I mean, but that, that was the big. Let thing. me let me ask you this: Would there be anything wrong with next year's Slammies being on a Monday night at eight o'clock on the USA Network, but being live from a theater, and being live instead of it being a show, a Monday Night Raw? 
you doing it as an event? Um, what would be wrong with that would be you lose money on selling, selling out tickets. Arena. I understand yeah. that. Now that, that would be the they've that. done some things like this before when when Raw was on a holiday and in the past they had done shows where Raw was a year end sort of review thing. Now they haven't done it in recent yeah, years. Yeah, they had that, that you're just, talking two thousand one around there. Raw on Saturday night or whatever, right. uh, so they can get the the gate from that from that night. I understand that. I'm saying I don't think you can do both things. I don't think you can do the Slammies and Raw on the same night. I don't think it works. Because I think what you're trying to do is force the Slammies to be legitimate. Like, it's important. You've got to tune in. In fairness to them, and this is a big deal, they got Coca-Cola as a corporate partner yes, for the did. week. For, and that's a huge that thing. That was Titanic. That is a massive corporate and, partner. And that's the other. It's a nice... If you're doing that WWE week like USA was doing, right. the Slammies is a very nice but thing. It all sort of fell in line this week. I don't know that it will always Probably be that not. way. Right? But it wouldn't shock me if it did. If, if USA – I don't know what sort of ratings tribute to the tr- troops is going to get. I don't know what sort of ratings the live SmackDown got. But we all agree that we haven't cared about tribute – the wrestling fans haven't cared about tribute to the troops since they stopped doing it in uh, Afghanistan, Afghanistan yes. or Iraq. Right. That once they started doing it in the States, we stopped as wrestling fans. It's still a nice thing. I think it, it, it's, it's very cool. It, it's a great thing. But I think it would be better off – But as off, a TV show, you're right. I think it would be better off running in USA at 11 o'clock on a Saturday right. night than it is at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night. In fact, the WWE, I don't know. See, I feel in like fact, the WWE year... cares so little about tribute to the troops, they're running NXT directly opposite it. Yeah. I mean, how insane is that? Right. That they didn't say to USA, hey, can we run tribute to the troops at 9 o'clock? You know, like something so that we're not directly uh, – and isn't this a big NXT this week because – um, Sammy, Sammy's Right, Sammy Zayn's back. Yeah. So directly opposite of tribute to the troops is the return of Sammy Zayn. But I, I, I feel like that, um, you know, as you said – the. It doesn't target the same. Well, I think I think you're right about that, but I I would at least like to think that you have two programs run by the same company. You would maybe not directly compete against yourself. I would just think that that would be a a kind of smart decision. I mean, this thing's for USA more. I, I hear you. Anything, I but. I hear you, Aaron. It's yeah. more a really like. Really? I mean, yeah, you look at it from a. From a you know standing back a little bit, it does look a little bit weird. Stand back, stand back, stand back. I, I I think that should just be like we should just we need that. What we need here, we need a button bar. We need something that where we can play drops, and that's something. <laughs> right, we should always have stand back and stand, that's a stand great point. back. We'll get an instant replay. T- Two thousand fifteen, yeah. like that's the year. Just stand back from everything. Yeah. Hey, when we get to the year <laughs> review, stand back, stand <laughs> back. All right. Um, I, I I just I wonder if there's a way to do it. Is it to rem- is it that hey you want to do the WWE week, the make make Raw Monday, SmackDown Tuesday, Tribute to the Troops Wednesday, and the Slammies on Thursday? I just I don't think it works any longer because you're trying to make this be a legitimate thing. The Slammies matter, but you can't you can't watch the Slammies and possibly think that right. It's not the the, the reason why it worked. Um, one of the things that Brandon Stroud wrote about this week, and I reference him a lot because I, I like Brandon Stroud, and I know that makes you mad because you're a WWE writer, but you guys write differently. You, you know, yes, you just do. Yes. You write for a newspaper, he writes for an online blog. Right. Um, you know, he said the, the reason why it worked is because it was stupid and over the top. Right. You were making fun of award shows. Right. By doing the slamming. What did they start off with saying? The most prestigious award show in television. This is now supposed. Yeah. Like it's completely gone away from something that made it. It worked because it was the anti-award because show. Because you could have Owen Hart run up when they announced best bow tie without them announcing him as the winner and saying, "Woo, I'm the winner." But now I you're did trying it. to put it in front of an 
an, an arena worth of people. Right. And, and it doesn't, an award show in an arena that, that doesn't have live music, like the Grammys can go into an arena, right? Because right. you would go see Paul McCartney in an arena. You would go see Kanye West in an arena. Well, I, I wouldn't, but some people would. I would. Um, I would 10 years ago, maybe. Um, that you, you would do that. But now you're asking a bunch of people, tw- how many people paid for a ticket to this thing Monday night? 15,000? You're asking 15,000 people who paid for a ticket to a wrestling show to now watch R-Truth present an award to whoever that's not going to be there. Right. It doesn't work. You cannot make good TV and good. There's just no way. And I don't know what the, I don't know that there's one individual answer. And that's the problem is that there's, there's not a great answer. I think you can separate the slammies again. I think you can. Remember for a little while they were actually doing it earlier in December, which was weird? Yeah. Um, I don't know what, I think maybe that was because they weren't doing live Monday Night Raws because of the way the holidays sort of fleshed out. Yeah, and I, I think that's what it was, is that they didn't want to do it as like, because that was when they were using the app and stuff. So you didn't right. want to, you yeah, didn't yeah. want to use it if you were going to be taping Raw on the Saturday. I just don't, I, I, this is bad, this was bad TV on Monday night. And coming off, what everyone would agree, was one it of the varied. better Raws yes. of the entire year. Um, at the same time, you know, you don't like to give anything a pass. At the same time, it's one of those things where it's like you understand going in that this isn't going to be a regular Raw. This is going to be the Slammies. This is not going to really progress storylines for the most part. But why is that a good thing coming out of your it, – It's not. And it's that's, not. And that's my problem. My problem is you do all of this work last week to make Raw matter, and then you follow it up a week later by punting. And you're probably going to follow up next week. Well, you're going to hope that John Cena John alone C- saves Raw next week. And obviously the first Raw of January is always traditionally right. a very big deal. They always do something. But traditionally the last Raw is usually a very small deal. Do we know so. now that Brock Lesnar is going to be there for the first Raw? We don't. I don't. I thought that was something that we had. Is that something? I, I have To be honest, I haven't been paying attention to his exact dates, so I'm yeah. not sure the exact dates he's coming back. It, it's very plausible. Well, it would make sense. I mean, everyone expected him to show up this week, so who knows. But they always do. They always do a big something yeah. on the first right. Raw of the year. But my point being, that if, if that was going to be your go-home Raw for the year, then there is no point to doing two... You know, two weeks of Raw after that. People are still going to tune in, and you're not accomplishing anything. And you can say, hey, you're accepting that you're punting those two weeks because they're around the holidays. You can accept that. That's fine. But the people that tune in don't accept that. And if you're still doing a show and they turn in and they get crap, they're going to expect crap. I, I just don't think that you can go through this thing where you say, it's hey. It's not ideal. That's that sure is shit for sure. And when you have one show a week, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's right. one thing for a, a radio show to be silly and goofy on, on Christmas Eve. You right. know what I mean? On the, It's one thing for it to work that way. You did three other shows that week. When this is the only show you get that people actually give a crap about during the course of the week, there's got to be something good. Or I think you have to completely punt it, which would be my idea of saying, if you really want to punt the Monday before then just give up the gate of an arena show and do the slammies. Yeah. And do something fun. Do something goofy. Don't put it in front of an arena so you can have fun with it. If you want to bring out Flowrider, bring out Flowrider. It doesn't do anything for me, but do it. Make right. it over the top. The, the slammies are the place to do that silly crap. You want to have Machine Gun Kelly take a bump? Take a bump at the slammies. Do all sorts of nonsensical stuff. Yeah, you want to do a twenty-minute segment between the New Day and whoever? Absolutely, do it, yeah. do it at the Slammies at a theater somewhere right. in some in Chicago and wherever it is, 
And if you want it to be live, have it be live. You know what I mean? Make it a show. Make it fun. Make it something that, that we would be into. And then do have surprises. Right. I think the other thing that was really a bummer about Monday is the only surprise was Seth Rollins. Yeah. You know, like, and that was a cool moment. It was really fair. neat. That you was a I mean? very cool moment. Um, maybe uh, it's a little bit awkward when you have a heel return like that because the crowd is excited to see him. Because, good God, but, but I've been watching the you know, Slammies all night. Right. Um, thank God Seth Rollins is here because right. it's way better than the other stuff. By the way, if they had really not brought our truth out on Monday night, like if, oh, it, if they I, had... I would have been done. I would have checked out completely. I, I was going to say, Love Santino was really happy to see him because we don't get enough Santino in our life yeah. after he retired. But if you were going to rob me of our truth, oh, yes. I would have. And I did see, actually, it's funny, if you go back in my Twitter, I called the uh, R-Truth being the one to do Steve the Steve Harvey. Harvey. I called it that made on. sense. I, Brandon from Parkville tweeted me about, hey, are we going to, uh, I don't even remember who he said. He said, uh, how are they going to use Booker T to do a Steve Harvey thing? I'm like, they're not. They're going to use R-Truth. It's as simple as that. Yep. And it wasn't great. You know what I mean? Like, it, was it was fine. It was fine. I think they could have done better with that. I but, you know, they, it, it was a throwaway bit. It was whatever. Yeah, but then there was sort of the awkwardness of, like, Paige and Nikki Bella are now friends, and... Nobody's a heel because in women's wrestling, nobody's allowed to be a face and nobody's allowed to be a heel, and they're not allowed to have storylines. And we can never do anything compelling other than just simply. Are you trying to give me the? the are you trying to do that? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah. You are such a dick. That's right. Nobody likes you. So, you're drunk. I have to keep this I'm show not on track. Drunk. I, I, I might be drunk. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, but these are my ideas. I, I I just think that you have a real problem when it comes to this. Yeah, I definitely think you should separate the two or, as you said, either separate the two or just punt roll that week. D- don't do matches. Don't do anything. You know, make do it, the slamming. Yeah, don't exactly. do it in an arena because you cannot make as constituted. Unless you can – unless you're really going to do something over the top and make the slammies it, it, a real if event. You do, if you do these slammies as – you don't try to do matches. You, you do it as a show. I and, think you can and, still sell tickets. Do big. Yeah. It's got to be big, though. Yeah, exactly. It's, That's it's got to be big, ridiculous, silly, fun. It yeah. can't be. Hey, who can we scramble together on two weeks' notice? Because we just remember we got to do the Slammies again this year. Right. That doesn't work. It's got to be re- absurdly over the top. Invite celebrities. Invite. It. It's not WrestleMania because it's not wrestling. It's a right. award show. It's fun. It's a television program that you guys are going to do. All right. You're trying to tell me to go to break. Yeah. Sure. Why not? I don't know. You're the one doing the the finger thing. That's over right. There. I, well, we got we got a big. We have a full year to review uh, here. Do we really have that much to review? We have this a full year? year to review. Do we really have that much to review? Oh yeah, we this, do. It's to that. It's the year of stand back. It's the year of stand back. All right. Uh, when we come back in. We will go over 2015 in wrestling. This is jobbing out. Looking for licensed Orioles and Ravens jewelry for the sports fan in your life? Charles Nusenoff and Sons Jewelers. 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville since 1923. Charles Nusenoff and Sons has provided the Baltimore area with affordable fine jewelry, quality repair workmanship, and a total devotion to customer service. Looking to pop the question? Charles Nusenoff and Sons has designer mountings and certified loose diamonds. Prices that can't be beat for the perfect proposal. Download their new app, the Vow Engagement Ring finder for iphone or android and search styles get prices and even upload a picture of your hand and try rings on virtually charles newson often sons orioles ravens jewelry and the vow engagement ring finder go to charlesnewsonoff.com or call 410-661-5050 charles newson often sons jewelers 8720 Sater hill road in parkville let's grow let's grow together Are you a believer in the Retriever? 
The UMBC Sports Marketing Team is proud to support UMBC Athletics through marketing and promoting the UMBC Division I game day experience with giveaways, in-game entertainment, and much, much more. Tickets for Retriever Action starts as low as $2. Follow UMBC Sports on Instagram at Retriever Believer and on Twitter at UMBC Sports Marketing for all your promotional updates of the Retrievers. For a complete schedule of UMBC Athletics, visit UMBCRetrievers.com. The UMBC Sports Marketing staff looks forward to seeing you as a Retriever Believer at the games. Everyone knows the saying, Jack of all trades, master of none. But that doesn't apply to the BMW 5 Series. It's available with up to 445 horsepower. It also has excellent fuel efficiency. The BMW 5 Series, Jack of all trades, master of all trades. Hurry into your local BMW center and get attractive lease and finance options on the BMW 5 Series. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Visit Northwest BMW in Owings Mills. Feel like you're being ripped off by ATMs? Go to Royal Farms. Our ATMs are surcharge free. Need cash? Head to a Royal Farms fee-free ATM. Going anywhere else is a crime. Real fresh, real fast, real free. Royal Farms. A bank or credit card fee may apply. Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, and Annapolis. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? If you don't love our truth, I don't want to have anything to do with you. If you don't understand that R-Truth is the greatest thing that we have had as wrestling fans over the course of the last decade, <laughs> you're, out of, you're out of your mind. He is the best. 2015, I, the year of R-Truth. I will admit, before 2015, I did not recognize that R-Truth is deserving of being a WWE is a Hall of Famer. a comedic genius. He is as good... Well, the, the moment. All right, we'll get to it. We'll get to yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Uh, it is jobbing out. I'm Glenn Clark. He is Aaron Oster, the Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone. And now it's time for us to. Uh, it's this is not a work. This is our legitimate opinions. These are the things that uh, we saw in professional wrestling in 2015. Largely WWE. I know there's some other things that you want to touch on. But I'll, I'll touch on it, but largely these. The winners are going to be WWE because yeah. I know that. I mean, you look, if, if you want to say to me, uh, does does Ethan Carter deserve recognition for being one of the best? You know, personalities in all of wrestling. Absolutely, he yep. does. One hundred percent. But outside of that, I don't have much to say. That's right. Non WWE. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go over our year in review. The things that we loved, the things that we that we didn't love. And a lot more of those for me than there are the things that we loved. 
Um, and and maybe some some things that are a little bit off the beaten path. So, Aaron, uh, you want to be our Sherpa for this segment, if you would? Yeah, why not? Let's just kind of start, you know, as a way to look back at this year. Every year in wrestling, well, in just about everything, but especially in wrestling, there's something you identify with. Yeah. You know, 2013, the year of the rise of Daniel Bryan, for the most part. 2014, you could have said a number of things. You could have said the year of the WWE Network. You could have said, you know, the year of The Shield. You could, there, there are a number of things, but generally there's something you identify with in every year. You know, 2001, the year of the botched invasion, the year of buying out WCW and the botched invasion. Right. Um, there's something that you remember it and is the year of what? 2015's interesting. I don't think there is one definitive thing, but looking back on this year, what are the possibility that you are going to say two years from now, 2015 was the year of what? You know, it's funny you said that last year was the year of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I feel like this year becomes the year of the, sh- the individuals of the S.H.I.E.L.D. That ultimately there was no point this year where the indiv- where one of the individuals from the S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't the most important thing happening in professional wrestling. There was no moment, and I know that Dean kind of was never that guy, which for a minute last year he actually was mm-hmm. for a minute in the fall of 2000, but there was no time at any point during the year of 2015, where the most important thing happening in wrestling at the moment didn't involve one of the members of the Shield. If you want to argue Brock Taker for a little bit, yes, that it had its moments, but it was so separated from what was going on week to week that Brock Taker was never the biggest thing happening currently in professional wrestling. Right. There was never a point this year where the most important thing happening in professional wrestling did not involve at least one of the members of the Shield. The one exception might be the John Cena Kevin Owens feud. I don't know that it was the most important though. It was the most compelling. Maybe the most compelling, compelling. but I don't think it was the most important. It, and that's probably thing fair. That was happening that's, at that point. And that's probably fair. Um so so that would be the first one. I'm struggling with this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this was because, this has been a very funny year because yeah. there hasn't been the one uh you know for for me the obvious thing that would say and it might get. I don't know exactly. I haven't necessarily decided what I'm going to say because I don't think you really. Well, I think can there is. We, I think there's one. I think one would be um, a possibility, and I mentioned. I've mentioned it over the past couple of weeks. Is overall in wrestling the year of women's wrestling? I feel like yeah. Not just what we, you know. We coined the divas revolution and stuff. You look at it throughout. You know, all companies, right. not just WWE, not just NXT, a lot more was placed, a lot more viewership I, was I placed that. on women's wrestling. I just feel like the, the Divas Revolution has been so bad that it's tough for... But that's it good or bad? I, this does not necessarily need I know. to be good... I know that. It's just, it's really brutal because if we're going to say this was the year of women's wrestling, all we want to say to ourselves is, God, I hope next year is the year of actual women's wrestling. And that's the thing. And I, right. I I don't think, when I say that this is the year of women's wrestling, I don't necessarily mean that this is the best year for women's wrestling. Right. By any, I'm just saying, you know, you look, you just look at down at Maryland Championship Wrestling, which we're about I, to I talk about. Right. You know, they started their, they really put a lot more of a priority on their, uh, what do they call it, their bombshell. Was it bombshell, I believe? Uh, yeah. Yes, their bombshell mm-hmm. division there. You look at it throughout. You know, Kimberly won the Shikara Grand Championship. You look at, you know, TNA actually went down a little bit and went, is, is the exception to the rule here. But even Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor just had a taping. They really haven't done much women's wrestling. One of their featured matches at their last TV tapings was a uh, four-way women's match right. between uh, Kimberly and Veda Scott and I'm uh, Taylor Hendricks, and I don't remember who the other person was. But again, you know, you're seeing it more that women's wrestling, good or bad, and I think one of the reasons that I'm, I'm saying this is, you know, both for the good and the bad, 
uh, awards that we're doing later, I put women's re- you know women's wrestling either matches or people or storylines involved. You know, in a lot of these categories. I, I think this is a selfish thing. As someone who enjoys women's wrestling, I don't want this to be the year of women's wrestling. Because this, to me, is more the year that we realize that no matter how much we want it to be that way, it's just going to get fucked up. That, 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 that the powers that be still can't understand what it's supposed to be. Let me come back to what I really think this is the year of. All right, Kate, can I throw out one more before you uh, throw out okay. yours? Because this is one and, – and Something I think I'm going to be remembering it for when I look back at it. This is the year of injuries. Well, this yeah, is, there's definitely an argument for that. This is a year where every time it seemed like something they got going, you know, right. pretty well. Right. An injury derailed it, going from Daniel Bryan when he won the Intercontinental Championship, obviously Seth Rollins. You look at Cesaro. Cesaro got derailed by, you know, the kid Cesaro tag team was the hottest thing in the first quarter of the year. That gets derailed by kids injury. Cesaro starts creeping up. He gets injured as well. You know, we thought that uh, the tag division got decimated when it seemed like they were getting to a good point. They right. got decimated by injury. It seemed like every time something interesting got going, it just got completely derailed by injuries. Uh, it's a great point. I mean, there's no doubt. Look, look at Sami Zayn and Hideo Itami. Yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're 100% right about that. And I think there's an argument for that. But I think that what you're touching on right there is more what I think that ultimately this was the year of. Um, and, and I don't. Because I'm going to say it in a, in a way that it's – I'll just say what I'm going to say. This was the year of NXT, and and it's more than that. It's it's a bigger statement, yeah. but it's not the year of the mark because you would argue that the year of Daniel Bryan was the year of the mark, that that was the year where the internet wrestling community mattered, where you could no longer just say, I'm going to tell you what you're going to like and you're going to like it, that starting with the rise of Daniel Bryan – the the wrestling fans spoke back and said the fuck we will you yeah. know what I mean like it's not gonna yeah, work that it, way that, that could have been the year what 2014 is kind of the year of the fan right yeah uh, to me 2015 became the year of okay we're gonna find a way to make a good wrestling product mm-hmm. and and give you something that you're going to love that that now the WWE legitimate and this is really amazing the WWE's now got something for everyone to love right. They have something. They've got Roman Reigns. They've got John Cena. They've got something for 13-year-old girls to love. They also have something for the Smarks to love. Right. There is something that they do that everyone loves now because this really, truly was the year of NXT. Not to say that NXT wasn't good before this year, but this was the year where NXT could go do big shows. Right. Could go sell arenas mm-hmm. in New York. This was the year where NXT became its own living, breathing thing that mattered. And so to me, 2015 will always be the year of NXT. And that's perfectly reasonable. The only reason I'm not necessarily putting it is because I feel 2014 was more the year of I, NXT. Because I, I, feel, I feel like the way 2014 ended for NXT kind of summed up every, you know, you had the whole Sami Zayn saga. I hear you. And you ended the year like that. That just felt like this is the year of NXT, and that's why. But I, I have, I have I no problem. I, I don't understand think what it you're was, saying. though, because I think what it, it set up was to allow this to happen. Yeah. Which was to allow other people that said, dude, it's NXT. I'm just not all that interested. There's, you can't ignore it anymore. It is massive now. Right. It is the second – if it was its own company, it's it would be the second, second biggest, biggest company, company in all of professional wrestling. NXT has become such a living, breathing thing that now we're legitimately – before we used to joke about the idea of a wrestler is really going to want to get promoted from NXT. NXT is so much better. Now we're legitimately getting to the point where they don't. Right. Where they want NXT to be their living moving forward right. because they realize I can make money doing this. 
Nobody's going to screw with me. I don't have to go travel the world. I can go show up, you know, or I can travel far less. Right. I can buy a house in, or in, in Florida and be happy. You are literally making it a significant company. Yep. I think that I understand the argument that you're making. Yeah, and I'm I'm not going to argue with you too much. I'm just going to point out that I thought 2014 was a slightly it, it just felt like because it was fresher at the time. I think this 2014 was, was the year it became a thing. I think yeah, 2015 this is the year became, where it became a brand. It is a monster. Yeah, it is an absolute well, it, monster. It is, it is now the hottest ticket at WrestleMania weekend. It is a bigger ticket than WrestleMania itself. It's a bigger ticket than Raw the next night. Absolutely, this is what people want. This is yep. a and and I think this is what really happened was the Daniel Bryan thing led to this. The Daniel Bryan thing led to look, we're not always going to be able to give you what you want at the top of the card on Raw. We're just not. We have T-shirts to sell. We have shit to do, man. You know, we what have I mean? people like, to answer to. We have yeah, we have corporate sponsors. Yeah. So what can we do to 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 make those people happy? And to make those people happy, we're going to give them something that they love. Yep. And they're and we like the fact that they love it. Now the problem becomes, can you do both things? Right. right? And the WWE is going to it's going to be a tough. And that's that might be the storyline for 2016. Absolutely. Is do they have the ability to to continue to keep everyone happy with both products? And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that week in and week out. But in 2015, frankly, they did. Yeah. The people that didn't love Raw, and there were plenty of them, loved NXT. They, they did. They loved it. They got something week in and week out on NXT that they wanted. And they bitched about Raw, absolutely. But then they tuned in on Wednesday nights, and they continued to give $10 a month to the WWE in large part just because of NXT. Right. The, it has sustained the network, the existence of NXT. Um, th- it really is saying how can we create th- – th- there's two different versions of professional wrestling going on. And, I, again, it's a fine line. How do you make it work? Because – would Kevin Owens be a bigger deal if he just stayed on NXT forever? Would what would that look like? I I don't know. I just don't know that there's an easy answer to this stuff. There isn't. But we that's what we did in 2015. Right. In 2015, we celebrated something. All of us as wrestling fans that fell under the WWE umbrella. They successfully they they created Ring of Honor. Yep. They they created they created their version of an indie. Absolutely. Yep. And they did it. At an, an extremely high, at, a, at a level that no indie could ever achieve. Yep. They because they had the backing of the WWE. Right. They were able to successfully make it matter week in and week out, and it is it's maybe one of the more because we 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 at times hate the Monday Night product so much that we're not willing to give them credit for. Right. This is one of the great yeah. achievements they've ever had. And and one thing that I hope is a trend that goes away in 2016 is. At least in the fans' mind, the separation, the complete separation of WWE from NXT. People need to realize NXT is WWE. It's it's obviously not necessarily run the same way or anything. Yeah, but it is a WWE product, what and is, they need to right. get credit for that. The higher ups, Vince, needs to get credit. Right. For you know, if it's as simple as allowing it to happen. Right. right. Yeah, he needs to get credit. What I think is going to resonate with me the most about 2015 is. And this is going to be a little bit – to me, it's the rise of international wrestling. Okay. And I think that this year, when I look back on it, you are going to see, starting with Wrestle Kingdom 9, you know, New Japan became a huge thing in America between Wrestle Kingdom 9 and the Bullet Club combined. It became a huge thing in America. Uh, you have, with Lucha Underground, Mexican wrestling becoming legitimate, you know, something that you follow again. Right. 
you have you know just looking at NXT, you have them bringing in oh, guys like international stars, guys right. like Kenta, guys yep. like Jushin Liger for the one yep. time thing, and. Well, and, and what's and what's, I'm sorry. Remind me your name again. God, Kana Oscar. Uh, yeah, Oscar. Thank you, Oscar. And that that's just from the. But then you look at um, you know, as the rise of Finn Balor happened, they acknowledged his past yep. in the UK. To me, that's what the the whole wrestling world's kind of starting to come together. And I do, I think that this is just the start of it. And but I think this is kind of to me the rise of international wrestling i think that well, look, what I we mean, are going to see frankly more... tna only exists internationally i mean like really the, the international has carried them as a company right um, but but i feel like uh, as far as america goes america is starting to realize how important bringing in the other you know it used to be oh there's american wrestling and there's japanese wrestling right. and there's british wrestling and there's mexican wrestling but it seems like everything's starting to come together you know Global Force Wrestling, for everything it's done wrong, and it's done a lot wrong, you know, that was another one of their things. We're going to bring people from all right. around the world to compete in this thing. And everyone loved the idea of it. The execution was terrible. But that was one of the, the – to me, more than anything, the idea that American wrestling fans are getting exposed to it more, starting to like it more, and starting to want it more. They want it – they want Japanese wrestling in their wrestling. They want, you know – the Ring of Honor New Japan partnership to extend more. They want to see Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground is one of the more anticipated returns next month. That's to me been one of the most fascinating things about this year, and I think one of the things that may resonate the most in coming years. Okay, uh, I get that. You know, I, I, I like it. I think it's an absolute. Now, I think some of that has been done as a money grab, but I don't mind it being I, done as a money if grab. It's a money it, grab. Right. It doesn't matter. You know. Yeah, right. No doubt. All right. Um, next, where do you want to go? Oh boy. Um, well, I think we'll, we'll save the the best. Well, well, we'll go to best wrestler, and we separated the two. We did best wrestler and best perf- overall performer. And, and to me, th- that makes it easy because the best wrestler of 2015 was Cesaro. I mean, he was the best wrestler of the year. He's 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 on my list. The knock against Cesaro. Is that he just wasn't used enough? Uh, you know, it's fine, but when he wrestled, you oh, watched. Sure, he was the best wrestler there was. Yes, and th- and that's a fact that he was the best. Re- at least in WWE, he was the best wrestler when he wrestled. The thing that would be a knock on him is that, you know, he missed time. You know, he missed the last two months with an injury. He missed two months after Kid went out. He was irrelevant for January. Well, not January. You know, part of the summer. So there was. Only really seven months that he was really out there every month. And even, you know, October, he didn't really do a ton right there. So that would be the knock against him. I think that he's definitely a viable candidate. I think John Cena is a... Yeah, he had some good matches. I'm going to disagree with that. He had had more good matches than anybody else, in possibly in wrestling. Um, Maybe. Maybe you're right about that. It, It always comes back to the same thing, though. John Cena can wrestle, and part of wrestling is telling a compelling story. And John Cena in has, ring, he can tell a compelling. He did in ring. He, I, does, I, I, he still outside. doesn't. He still doesn't sell. He still doesn't. no one sells. Kevin Owens didn't sell. Cesaro sold. Cesaro sold. Dolph right. sells obviously. Well, se- Dolph oversells. I hear you, but he sells. John Cena still doesn't sell. Still, all these years later, he doesn't sell. And the problem is, you still don't believe there's any chance that he's actually losing. But that—that's—that doesn't matter. I, I, no, as, far does, as, as far as wrestling, that—that's the problem with when the way you're he was in the built. position that he's in. In order to make that compelling again, you have to sell. You have to do something to get there to be so a viable. So is Kevin Owens belief. on your list at all for this? 
Not really, no. No? Okay. He's, he's not. He, and I, it's not because he isn't a good wrestler. He is a good wrestler. But I, I can't compare him to Cesaro. Mm. I can't compare him to... I need a guy that when I watch him perform, I know that there's any possible outcome that can come out of this. See, but that, to me, that's not what... No. In, in this category. Because that doesn't matter. He could have... If Cesaro was pushed the way Cena was and did everything else exactly the same, I wouldn't believe he could lose. But he'd still be a phenomenal wrestler. No, I wrestler. think that within the match that you can get somebody to believe that you... This is the no, 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 because me. Cena... You know, he doesn't. He, he does not. He did. He, he gets hit with I mean, somebody's... He, he, he plays with, the underdog for half the match. I understand that, and it's absurd. Okay, he but, gets but that's hit with not someone's, his fault. But that, if, if you're saying Aaron, between the ropes, between the ropes, what he does... Is he athletic? Absolutely. But when someone, when you get hit with someone's finisher so often and within moments... Everyone's kicking out of his finisher. But that's probably not, the industry. Not nearly every the single, same. Every not single nearly person, the same every level. single U.S. title match... I think there was one or two U.S. title matches this entire year that a person did not kick out of an AA. I mean, I don't know if that number is true. I, I don't I know if that's the exact number, have... but through through the open challenges, the only person who I can remember not there kicking out. There were a couple of... in there that I vaguely remember. Zack Ryder did not. Well, obviously Zack Ryder did. I'm saying everybody I re- else within did. that context, I remember a few where you're right, but I don't remember it being every week. It was legitimately... Dean Ambrose kicked out. Wade Barrett kicked out. They're talking, and I'm not just talking about Kevin Owens and Cesaro. Yes, but there's a stuff. huge difference between a guy that kicks out and is literally damaged by it, and what John Cena does, where he takes someone's finisher and within seconds is completely fine. That is my John Cena problem, and it is going to be the John Cena problem. You would, you, you cannot continue to sell so little that within seconds you're right back to being John Cena again. I, I it doesn't work. Of, but I'll, see, here's the problem, though, is that. If that if that's your thing is you you have to sell the effects and you can't hit another someone's big move. finisher has to damage you. I but that's the thing finishers don't damage. It's people not that black and white. It, it's it's not. I'm it's not become. telling you that it isn't a bigger problem. I agree. There's a bigger problem with finishers. I completely agree. Anyways, I I would I would. You're right. I, the reason that I would have seen it is that he put on more good matches in WWE than anybody else, and he was until those last six weeks when he was gone. He was there consistently, and he was consistently putting on these good matches. That's why I might put him at the top. I mean, really, I, with with what I'm thinking, it would I would probably give it to someone out of the company, either a Roderick Strong, okay. who had a phenomenal year for yeah. Ring of Honor, and AJ Styles. Honestly, it's probably, probably AJ Styles. AJ Styles is just AJ Styles. A, a, it's probably AJ Styles for me as wrestler of the year. He put on so many. Phenomenal, no pun intended, with AJ Styles. Right, right. Phenomenal matches in Ring of Honor, in New Japan. Just everything was a must-watch when it came to him, culminating with a great match at Final Battle uh, at Ring of Honor against Jay Lethal. That I, it's probably AJ Styles for me, if, if I'm being honest. And I'm looking specifically at WWE. I think I lean Cena just because he put on more good matches than anybody yeah, else. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think... I think that John Cena had um, – he tried his best to be a worker. I, I, he really did, and it just never worked. I mean, I, I think that it more worked in the um, – there are people that that hate internet wrestling watchers that wanted to tell you how great John Cena was being this year. And then if you actually watch the product, I think you'd go back and say, it was athletic because John Cena's athletic as hell. He, he, he put on great matches. Take I think you are in a bubble. In a bubble, you're going a long way to tell me that he put on great matches. He put on great matches. He had a few matches this year that were very good. He put were on very good. If, if you took and I didn't make the top ten list, but if you took the top ten matches in WWE this year, 
at least half of them would be. But I think John part Cena. of that is because the, he was given the opportunity. I think there's a lot oh, of sure. matches where you you give so and so and so and so 20 minutes, and they're going to put on a a phenomenal sure. match. Sure. John Cena always gets 20 minutes, so I don't think that you can just make it that simple. Did he get the most time? Yeah, he got the most time. Sure, but I mean that that's just the wrestling industry as a whole. I mean, for all we know, Heath Slater is the best wrestler in the company, and he just doesn't well, get it. I know who the best time. wrestler in the company was, and he was the best wrestler again in 2015. There is no one Well, no, at I mean, all. The, the best wrestler in the company, if, if you're just going completely who it is, probably Daniel Bryan. But Well, okay, fine. I'm yes. saying the guy that right. actually performed this year, that every time he had a match, it was great, was Cesaro, period. He is the guy that if you want to watch wrestling, you're watching Cesaro. Okay. Now, if I, I get it. John Cena's over the top, and he had good matches. And right. I'm not, I'm not saying that John Cena didn't have good matches this year. But the guy that you watch for wrestling, period, sure, because no one will do anything within the squared circle that is similar, sure, is Cesaro. Okay, that's fair, perfectly fair. Next one. Uh, next one. Let's go with uh, most memorable moment. I struggled with this one, right? You know what I mean? I, I agree with you. There weren't a whole lot because of... my favorite moment of the year. We're we doing a favorite moment. We're not uh, doing no, no, no. 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 I, my, I just, right, my most, favorite moment of the year was the one that won the funniest moment of the year. Our truth's moment, I was in part it because was it great. was so great, and also because you're so effing happy that our truth yes. gets to have something like that. And it just came, sir. It was so that moment was so unlike WWE humor. WWE humor is so in your face and not like even mildly subtle. Correct. That this was like, wait a second. Like, it was like I was watching uh, the Parks and Recreation yeah, for a moment. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, God bless. But at the same time, I, you know, as great as it was, I don't know if I'll be remembering it two years from now. No, no, no. It wasn't the... the yeah. It, it was my favorite, but it wasn't the best moment of the year. I don't think so. Um, here's here's a couple that I'm going to give you. I think... God. Um if we're really doing it, what are we going to remember the most two years from now? I don't know how the answer is anything other than Seth Rollins yep, cashing. Yeah, and that, that was my top thing. But if, if, we can, if we can separate that somehow, then to me it's the first time there was a trombone for the New Day. That, that's – yeah. Because, that, you know, like as yeah. far as things that we loved, yeah. the New Day was already on this unreal level, like this impossible level. And somehow, some way, with the simplistic addition of a trombone – they went from an impossibly high level to forget it. We're never going to love anything quite this much. Right. And so the first time we saw it, uh, which was SummerSlam, right? Was was uh, New York, New York, right? It was the home. Was that the first time? I, I feel like he that was. I don't know. It was around there. It was it, right. It was around. It was there, around anyway. there. I just the introduction of the trombone to the new yeah. day to me will be the the most underappreciated great thing of the year. But as far as the the biggest, most significant, best moment of the yeah. year, nothing because it was so unique and so yes, perfect. Exactly, and and that's why I had it. The others I considered uh, midway through the Bailey Sasha match at Brooklyn when Sasha has. Bailey locked into the bank statement and is stomping on her hand. To me, that's that's an image that is not going to go away anytime soon. Because again, it's something that, especially out of women, but just anybody, we haven't okay. seen much. We yeah, haven't yeah. seen something like that happen. I hear you. Um, you know, there weren't a ton of truly memorable moments outside of WWE and NXT. 
Um, and NXT even didn't have any truly memorable, the, the way that, you know, Sami Zayn winning the title was last year. Right. They didn't really have any of those, oh my, you know, Joe showing up at NXT would yeah, be it was, kind it was of, pretty big, yeah. The, yeah. That, that would be the one thing from NXT that I would take as far as, oh, what is, whoa, this happened, you know, I'm gonna remember that for a while. Um, TNA, um, you know, whatever. Ring of Honor, while it was cool to see Jay Lethal, uh, win the title, you know, I'm not really going to put that as most memorable moment quality type thing. Right, and, right. And and same with New Japan. They didn't have that, you know, they had great matches, and, you know, I'll, several of their matches I'm going to mention when we get to best match, but um, as far as a pure moment, you know, you could say possibly Okada winning the title again over AJ was a very cool moment, but, uh, you know, it wasn't like that one image that you're going to remember in the scrapbook. You know, what what image sums up 2015? Right. You know, it, it's Seth Rollins, and yeah, I, I think it's yeah, it's pretty. It's the way that, yeah. that WrestleMania ended because yeah. it was so great. Now, somebody would argue that as far as cool, the Rock Ronda Rousey thing was that, yeah, you know, was was cooler, was an unbelievable all sort of powers coming together type of moment. And I get that, but this has got to be within wrestling. That wasn't no, a wrestling. But you know moment. what? If if you told me that, if you argued that, I would have no problem with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would. It, it was it was it, a it super nothing, memorable. It had moment. nothing to do with the WWE. But it, it, it was zero a, to do. It was with. a super memorable moment in the scope of wrestling. I I, I hear you, but we didn't get anything out of it. It it right. It, it existed but, but that's and why, went away. That's why, that's why I'm saying the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I just think that it, the moment has to have paid off somehow. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the way that wrestling works, and we didn't get anything out of it. And I just. And so for me, in many ways, I had already kind of forgotten about it because it just didn't lead to anything. Right. It was, it was fun when it happened. It was really fun. And then it was nothing very yeah. quickly after that. Yeah. So I'd, 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 I'd have to come back to Seth Rollins cashing yeah. in. I mean, that, I that's to. very clearly it. Um, we'll go to one, one of your biggest whiff of the year. Yeah, th- this one's really tough because, again, so much of the stuff that you think of is related to injury. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it like just, Cesaro's push, you know, that got yeah, derailed I mean, due to injury. There's so many things. Or what really is the biggest whiff of the year, which is, we all know, what the WrestleMania main event should have been in 2015. Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan not happening is it will go down in history to me as one of the great whiffs. If we never get it, and it looks more and more like we will never get it, it is the easiest, most sellable main event in the history of WrestleMania. You will never have something that makes more sense than David versus Goliath. And you will never get David versus Goliath like Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar would have been. There is, you cannot, you, you literally don't have to market WrestleMania right. after you decide that Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar will be your main event. Now I get it. It was, it, in some level, it would have been tough to do because of your fears related to Daniel Bryan. Especially but, when the plan was, because you didn't know whether Brock was going to leave or not to get the title off of Brock. But the fact that you had Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar on the card that night, the fact that you had this chance to make it happen and you didn't do it, um, I, I just can't get over it. I, I can't get over Look, if, if you had confidence that you are going to have Brock Lesnar through WrestleMania and that Daniel Bryan was going to be healthy enough to compete, you could have had Daniel Bryan beat Roman Reigns at Fast Lane. You could have done it. I don't know that I would have loved that. Like, I don't know that that would have been, meant, meant the same, but it was an option. The ultimate whiff of whiffs will be, and, and again, it could maybe still be corrected, but we're just convinced at this point that it won't be. The ultimate whiff in the history of professional wrestling will be that you did not get the greatest David Goliath moment in the history of the, the concept of pro wrestling, that it, it just didn't come through when it was in line to happen in 2015. And that's fair. 
my biggest whiff is the Divas Revolution. It's, well, I mean, yeah, the, and it's hard to argue against that. Like the the you know going back to that first segment where Stephanie McMahon is the person introducing the 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 women is you know there are reasons for for whiffing on. Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan. Like, you can say, you know, as much as we all wanted to see it, you can say, okay, we get why they didn't do it. Whether or not we necessarily agree with them, right. we get them. I, I will never understand why they went this route with the Divas Revolution. Because well, there was no planning. They just decided in a moment they were going to go do this. But and... even if you decide in a moment, there's no reason to have Stephanie being the one going out there and introducing all of them. There's and, no reason and, for an awful lot of things there. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, to me... With what you had lined up, with what you had coming from Brooklyn, with what you had, you know, going all of these things to, you know, I guess what well, Brooklyn uh, was after they all debuted, but you had all of this momentum, it would, and they had a storyline set up where Paige could have just brought them in or whatever. For Stephanie to do that, is so unfathomably terrible, and it casts a shadow over it for at least a few months. They're starting to get out of it now, but they have something special there, and Correct. they could have done something special. And it was just an epic whiff. Of course, it was an epic, epic whiff. Yeah, it was. It was a a monstrosity of a miss. You knew this was something that was coming. You knew it was in the pipeline, and and but it goes to the bigger issue. And you know what? Maybe this is what I should have made as the the 2015 is the year of. 2015 is the year of ready, aim, fire. 2015 is the year of absolutely having no clue what you're going to do from week to week. Um, yeah. That you, you have a creative team that I'm not sure what, and again, part of that goes back to you mentioned it's the year of the injury and no doubt that has played a role in why 2015 has been so completely shotgun. Oh God, let's just do this. Let's fire this bullet right now or, Let's give a guy the, the briefcase that we have no real plans for because right. we don't really know what to do otherwise. Right. Um, everything has sucked. Everything has made no sense. Everything has been done in the moment and, and, yeah. and no, without getting that many cool moments out of it, right? right? Like, exactly. Um, the only stuff that's involved planning has been the guys that don't show up from week to week, right? Like we can plan out Brock Lesnar Under, and The, the Undertaker, Undertaker exactly. because we don't have to worry about selling it. We don't have to worry about having them on Raw from week to week. The only things that have worked have been this moment where we have uh, the Rock and Ronda Rousey together because it doesn't involve anything related to the card. The stuff that involves the actual wrestlers has overwhelmingly not worked, has been forced, has been we tried this and it didn't work. The only thing that you pulled off that worked was having Seth Rollins cash in, yep. and he was a pretty legitimate quality champion. And you know what? That was in the heat of the moment, too. They, they made that All right, change that's a great point. 20, they, you know, yeah, 24 that's a great hours point. They just decided him. that. And it, Now, that one happened to work out. That one worked. But yep. most of them have not worked out. Most of them have been Sheamus's money in the bank has been a colossal failure. Yep. Colossally. The women's revolution has been a colossal failure. Yep. The overwhelming majority of things they've done, the yep. only things that have worked out were the New Day, which they lucked into, and Seth Rollins to an extent. And Seth Rollins to an extent. And yeah. so to many years, ways, 2015 has been the year of ready, aim, ready fire, aim. Yeah. Um, the other one that I, I really consider is, is as far as biggest whiff, is the fall of Rusev. Because coming into 2015, you thought, like, this could be the next star. And for them to whiff on what they did with him so epically is unfathomable. It's, it really is unfathomable. Um, I mean, I'm hearing you. I hear you. I've told you that before. I, that guy's a star. I have no idea how they've effed it up so bad. That guy is a 
superstar, and they haven't been able to make it work. Yeah. Next. Um, next, uh, let, let's go back to be- best match of the year. I've really struggled with this one, man. I, and I got to tell you, I think it's, I think the problem that I'm having is that because we are not in an era of workers being elevated, because we there is there wasn't a Daniel Bryan really this year. I know he had a couple of matches at the beginning of the year. Um, there have been compelling watches, but there hasn't been anything. With maybe the exception, and you know what? Ultimately, it might not be fair because if you ask me this a year, a month from now, I might really tell you that the TLC match to open TLC was the match of the year. I didn't even have that one on my list. I, I didn't have it on my list either, but I think it's because it's it's too close. You know what I mean? Like, we haven't really thought about it. But as far as actual, God bless it, work put into a match, I don't know that I'm going to come up with anything that was better than that. But here's my answer, ultimately. I think the easy one to go to is you go back to the beginning of the year and Brock, Seth, and John yes. Cena at the Royal Rumble. That, and I, I think, think that's, that's the, the correct the answer. The easy one to go to. And I don't think the easy is necessarily wrong. And it might not be. But the only other argument I'll make, and it's because of all of the pressure, was the takeover match between Sasha and... Which one? The main event. The, you think the Iron Woman? Be- because of everything that went into that moment, and it still lived up to it. Now, you can make an argument it wasn't a better match. And that's the thing. Than, I, I would have argued than, than that Brooklyn, Brooklyn was better. But... The significance of it, I think, the fact that you managed, you built, this was one of the most significant moments that you could pull the trigger on. Right. That this was the time you were going to do this. That you were finally going to give a main event to a women's match. Not just the main event, but they put the stipulation on it. Which, Correct. Yeah. And yet, it managed to live up to that. Again, you want to say that Brooklyn was better? Fine. Brooklyn was better. I'll, I'll give you that, right? Like, it's totally possible. But it still lived up to all of the hype and all of the the stuff that had been discussed leading into it. And for me, that is the difference. John Cena, Brock Lesnar, and Seth Rollins having a great match, and it was a great match. They're supposed to have great matches. There's no pressure on those guys to have great matches. That's well, what they do. Well, then Cesaro, you know, if that, then you I, can't because he's supposed to have great matches. But I didn't, I didn't tell you that Cesaro had the match of the year. I know. I didn't. But I, I'm, just saying, I mean? like, I'm just saying match of the year to me – I. You know, honestly, that exceeded my expectations, the triple threat match. I mean, I don't disagree with you. It was really that, great. That was one of the best triple threat matches ever, I will say. It was really great. I'm not I'm not trying to take anything. It was a really, really great match. I just feel like it was – I don't think that the, it was so much greater than what the women were doing. And I think that moment was so significant that it, it closes the gap a bit. Understood. If you're taking, you know, I, I would say get more, watching in a bubble, kind of, you know, not necessarily taking the significance. If it happened to be, you know, I was, you know, if I was watching a match and it happened to be the first match on a SmackDown, I, I would have considered it. So I'll just kind of consider bell to bell what's, what the best match is. Um, and in that case, I, I had uh, the Brooklyn Sasha Bailey as well, I mean, I hear one what of my I hear what you're saying. But so I, I put the triple threat match. I also uh, going out of it again. You know, I talked about how big New Japan was, and in my top four, I have two matches from New Japan. I have the again going back to the beginning of the year. And January might have been the best month of the year as far as wrestling goes. Yeah, right. Um, I had the uh, Nakamura Bushi match from Wrestle Kingdom Nine. I also had the AJ Okada match from Dominion. 
Uh, there were a few Lucha Underground matches. I'm not quite as big as some people have been on all of, but there were there were a few. There was a uh, 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 Mil Muertes versus Phoenix, which was a fantastic match. Uh, Morrison versus Prince Puma, which was a phenomenal match. Um, there were just a lot of really good matches, but overall, I, I just can't get past that triple threat match, which, like I said, if you I wanted no to problem. argue that it was no the best triple with... threat match ever, I wouldn't argue. Uh, yeah, I would, I would need more time. I'm not ready. I, I, to, I mean, to the, say the other like one that. that would, you know, you would think it would be WrestleMania 20 with Benoit and Triple uh, H yeah, and Shawn yeah, Michaels. really good. But, I, I just, I would need more time to, 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 right. to dive I, into that. I'm not ready to go. Yeah, there. I'm, but I'm not disagreeing with it. It was a really, it, really good match. It's something you would consider. It was really good. Um, uh, let, let's go to uh, worst storyline, and I, th- I think there's well, one. Well, I mean, that I was... don't know how it's anything other than Dolph and Rusev and yeah. Lana and Summer. I mean, it was yeah. just it was so putrid and <laughs> with so many talented people that it just it makes you sick. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you would even consider? Like, I, I went outside, you know, I, the whole Mickey James thing with James Storm oh, and God, how ridiculous right? that got. Oh God! Like that that was a trip. And again with TNA, the whole global force wrestling invasion of TNA. Was so bad. Like, it was just more that, like, they, they, you know, why are they having Global Force Wrestling invade? It's so insane that you're in You know, everybody's going to hate me so much for including this. And the problem really wasn't, because the build was actually good. The storyline was good. It's just the payoff was the problem. I'm going to remind you of how much it bothered me that somehow Sting Triple H divulged into and NWO versus DX, which made zero sense whatsoever. Sting had nothing to do with D- with NWO. It it was such an absurdly nonsensical way for that to go. But we're talking storyline. I get here. it. The yeah. storyline itself, and, no. and, and that they built it pretty well. Yes, the, of of all the things, WrestleMania had a terrible build, but that actually didn't. That build right. was okay. Yeah. Um, I, I I thought about doing a worst match, but I I can't remember. There there wasn't anything nearly as atrocious as like the. Uh, the Cameron Naomi match from last oh, year, where God. Cameron tried to pin Naomi right. when Naomi was on her stomach right. and shout account. Like sometimes there's that where you're like, oh God, how did how did that happen? It wasn't really that match. Well, I would make an argument for Triple H Sting being the worst match because it just was such shit the way that they ended up writing that. We already talked talked about it. Before. Yeah, I'm not gonna go. Let's so. just move on. Um. Yeah. Uh. What What else do we have here? What? Uh, I think we only have one more real superlative, and that's the performer of the year. Yeah, the performer of the year is a problem because the performer of the year was a trio, and, and that's not a problem. Okay, as long if, as you're if, good if, with if, that. If you look, I said best overall performer parenthesis s. <laughs> well, but this is tough, right? Because it's really not fair. Because we're just going to keep doing this. The, the Shield would have been the performer of the year last year, and you know what I mean. Like, we, there's there almost has to be a note that there's two different things going on here. Yes, the performer of the year was unquestionably, undeniably, inarguably the New Day. No one would, if you attempt to argue that, you're insane. The best thing that happened on programming for the WWE this year by a million was the New Day. There's nothing even close. Now, the best performer week in and week out that was an individual was Seth Rollins. Week in and week out, Seth Rollins gave you everything that he could possibly give yeah. you. So if you want, if you want to, you know, go this way, and I prefer to go this way because I think both things need to be noted. No one had a better 2015 than the New Day did in WWE. In WWE, yes. it was the best thing that ever. That in argue, not ever, but damn close to one of the best things. It was, ever. It was one of the most consistently entertaining things we've. But as far as a guy that was given something every week and went out and did everything he could possibly do with mm-hmm. it, no one did more than Seth Rollins. 
Uh, I have no problem with that. I have the new day. Um, if I'm going out, I mean, if, if you're talking about one guy who had a better 2015 than anybody else, it might be AJ Styles. AJ Styles unveiled a new side of his personality that we had never seen before. Okay. Uh, he did so much more than I ever expected for, you know, I liked AJ Styles in TNA. He was fine. Um, I never thought he had this in him to be a guy that you see as a guy you can build an entire company around. And that's what AJ Styles did is he made it, made it out where you can say, if I'm picking a guy, AJ Styles would be potentially the guy you would pick number one to start a company. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he did it in, you know, in multiple, and he was phenomenal. Nobody's going to argue with AJ Styles being one of the great talents in all of professional wrestling, and, and you're right, he had a very And Jay Lethal year. was And I think this is a category we have to note, EC3. Yeah, EC3 as well. The, I, mean, I mean, the only problem with EC3 is just the, the fall of TNA, where literally there right. were no storylines for the past yes, three after, months. Yes, after the, the, the Matt Hardy thing, yes, everything completely fell apart. Right, but and, that, and that's the problem. As far but, yeah, as yes. actual work that was done yes. week in and week out, EC3 was the only thing worth watching on an entire promotion yep. for a significant amount of time, yep. and was not just because he was kind of okay, because he was great. Um, Jay Lethal was another guy who took a huge step forward sure. and has been so phenomenal this year. Yeah, I uh, agree with all those things. I, here's my question. Who would your female performer of the year be? My female performer of the year would be Sasha. Okay. I think that Sasha's got a, a very compelling argument, but I think that ultimately no one no one was more significant week in and week out than Paige was. Um, You know, if you don't – the problem with Sasha was – Significant week in and week out, uh, yeah. up until you know, no, you know that the little there, there was a month there she wasn't. But no, no, in in the spring, in the summer, Sasha was infinitely more I, significant than Paige. Um, just because you think what was happening there was more important. Than no, what was just happening? that she, you know, she was doing, you know, Paige was just kind of, you know, obviously she was injured there for a little bit. Um, then she got a little bit of, you know the. Was she, was she Paige was involved with every major storyline in women's wrestling yeah, at the you're top right. level this you're year. Right. She was in every single I, one. The, the problem was it was usually with her, it was things happening to her. It was just like she was I involved mean, with you. it. While it was Sasha was the one going out there and commanding the storyline. Um, You know, I'll listen to that. I'll listen to it. I, I just think that Paige, as far as showing up to work every week and, and doing – you know, this is my house. Was the was a huge moment. Was a huge. It, it became a thing. Right. For for. You I know. mean, the problem is she always just felt like she was in all of this. She was in. There was no doubt. She was always the person that you would play off of when you would she do was big the storyline. But that was the problem. Is she was always the person who you would play off. Of. Even you know, you go back to the beginning of the year where they did the Bella, the Bellas versus Paige and right. AJ. You know. The Bellas and a she was the fourth most important person in that foursome. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't even know if that's true because she was at the time they were trying to make her the crazy one for a little while. There was a little bit of a well, that that was 2014 more. Was it 2015 more? they they kind of made her kind of the straight. But you no, know, was... the relationship between she and AJ was still compelling. It, I'm not saying it wasn't compelling. I'm just saying that she was usually I, yeah, the, I, the second person. I think there. that Sasha was the most exciting, to me, most interesting. But I think, as far as the actual performance goes, I think that Paige was the most important, most significant, most compelling weekend. We got. I'm not saying it should have been that way because I think, again, part of that was how much they effed up the Divas Revolution. But I think that we, she did more with what she was given. I think, to me, she's Seth Rollins. She is the female Seth Rollins this year. That. Was Seth Rollins perfect? Was his character 
the greatest thing we ever got? No, I don't no. think it was. It was good. it was very good for a while there. It it faded at the end when he lost J and J. By the way, J and J. That's a great point, boy. Yeah, and that's because they they They've disappeared. Been gone. Yeah, right. but J and J were undoubtedly one of the best parts of uh, professional wrestling in 2015. Um, anything else? Just kind of stick out. Um, I think, you know, the more I thought about it, if we do a show next week, we should do our predictions for 2016. Well, that's what, uh, um, did you see the email I uh, sent you? No. Our, our top five, my plan was oh. that we were going to do uh, top five predictions. That, I think we should make it its own segment. Even if it has to wait for two weeks from now, I think we should make it its own sort of living, breathing thing. I would, I would kind of like to separate it. Okay. And sort of, you know, I, I just I think that's a bigger thing than that, right? Like, okay. Because there's so many things that I want to talk about, like best newcomer, best. But I think it's more, you know, who with, was your breakout guy of the year, by the way? If you were going to do like, a, I mean, if it's if you're saying breakout guy of the year, it has to be Kevin Owens, right? Um, I think. Yeah, I I just don't know who you could. I mean, unless you go lower and you want to say, you know, like uh, if like fine. Dalton Castle became right, a huge right, thing. Right. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> I just I think the problem with it is that we I, I, the problem with Kevin Owens is that you know yeah, I just don't know if you believe in where it's going. Well, well, that's the big thing. But the other thing is like it, it's a breakout, but at the same time, it's like oh, he's been doing well, this for right. Yeah, yeah, so we, many we, years. Correct. Yeah, we, can it can it be a breakout when this is what you expected from right? Kevin exactly. Owens? Yeah, that's a good point too. So um, I mean that I mean the real breakout is the new day. But <laughs> well, yeah, sure. But but again, yeah. these are all individual performers that we had been familiar with, other yeah. than Xavier. We really didn't have much. Well, he had been on TV, but he had been on TNA. I know, but we didn't really know that this was a level he was capable. Well, but of that's going the thing: to. you didn't know any of these guys had this level. In them. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. all fair. All right, let's let's do this because I I got something. We'll talk about top five. It'll still be related to that. Okay. All right, it'll all be right. related to it, but I, I just want to tweak it a little bit. We're going to grab a break. When we come back in, Leo Rush is going to join us. Um, MCW's got an event coming up this weekend, and he's going to be a part of that. But he's going places, Leo Rush, including uh, recently c- competing with TNA. or Sorry, with Ring, Ring of, of Honor. Honor. So we will talk to No Leo. one would wish him wish that I on him. I understand entirely. <laughs> we'll talk to uh, Leo Rush about that next. This is Jobbing Out. Are you a believer in the retriever? The UMBC sports marketing team is proud to support UMBC athletics through marketing and promoting the UMBC Division I game day experience with giveaways, in-game entertainment, and much, much more. Tickets for retriever action starts as low as $2. Follow UMBC sports on Instagram at retrieverbeliever and on Twitter at UMBC sports marketing for all your promotional updates of the retrievers. For a complete schedule of UMBC athletics, visit umbcretrievers.com. The UMBC sports marketing staff looks forward to seeing you as a retriever believer at the games. At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, in Annapolis. Everyone knows the saying, Jack of all trades, master of none. 
but that doesn't apply to the BMW 5 Series. It's available with up to 445 horsepower. It also has excellent fuel efficiency. The BMW 5 Series, jack of all trades, master of all trades. Hurry into your local BMW center and get attractive lease and finance options on the BMW 5 Series. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Visit Northwest BMW in Owings Mills. Feel like you're being ripped off by ATMs? Go to Royal Farms. Our ATMs are surcharge free. Need cash? Head to a Royal Farms fee-free ATM. Going anywhere else is a crime. Real fresh, real fast, real free. Royal Farms. A banker credit card fee may apply. Back in here on Jotting Out, segment number three, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and now joined by a very special guest, he is back with Maryland Championship Wrestling this weekend for season's beatings, but there are bigger things afoot for this young man as he recently made his first appearance at a Ring of Honor event, and who knows what else might be in the pipeline. It's a pleasure to welcome in one half of Sudden Impact and uh, very talented singles performer Leo Rush now joins us here on Jobbing Out. Leo, it's Glenn and Aaron. Thanks so much for taking the time, and a very happy holidays to you, sir. Hey, what's going on, man? Happy holidays. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. So we, we've been doing our year-in-review show, and for you, looking back where you were at the beginning of 2015, did you ever expect that 2015 would have played out the way it did for you? You've had an unbelievable year. Uh, well, to a certain extent, I did, you know, I never, I never, of course, I never knew, uh, opportunities such as CVW and Evolve and Beyond and, uh, other bigger promotions in the United States would come so quickly for me, but I always knew what my potential was. I always knew, uh, what I was capable of. Uh, nobody else really did, but like in the back of my head, I knew, I knew what I was capable of and what what I could pull off in when, a certain amount of time. What was the moment? Like when somebody comes back and says, Leo, what are you going to remember most about 2015? What's it going to be for you? Uh, it, sounds, it sounds super cliche, and I really don't want to say it, but honestly, it's been, not, I wouldn't say a specific moment, but just overall, it would be proving everybody wrong. Hmm. Like, Everybody thought that, you know, with me being only, you know, less than a year into the wrestling business that I couldn't accomplish certain things, especially, you don't know how many times I've heard about, you know, my height or the fact that I have so many tattoos and, you know, like people would, would hate on me because, you know, I'm so, I have such a positive attitude about everything. And, you know, like I said before, I, I knew in the back of my head that I knew what my, um, I knew what my capabilities were, were with what I can do and what I couldn't do. And, you know, I just I just love shutting people up and proving people wrong. That's cool, man. That's that's really cool. For, for people who may not know you that well, can you give us a little bit of a background? I know you, you know, like you said, you have barely been in the wrestling business or not only a couple of years at this point. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you got started and how you've gotten to this point? Yeah, of course, man. Uh, well, I, of course... You know, I started off as a fan when I was about five, six years old, and uh, 
you know, from, I would say, when I was about 12, 13 years old, around that area, is when, it's so funny because I, I emailed WWE and I asked them, how old did you have to be to be a WWE superstar? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was so crazy because I actually got a response. Oh, wow. And Who'd you get it from? They, they, <laughs> they told me that I had to be, that I had to be 18 years old. And from that point on, you know, I just started just striving to find any way possible to be a professional wrestler. I, I didn't really know about the indies. It, I knew about the indies, but I didn't really know about the indies. You know, I was on YouTube and just looking up random clips, and I would see, like, Botchmania stuff. And, and I was like, well, this isn't WWE, but this is pretty cool. And, you know, I started looking up, you know, different promotions or wrestling schools around my area and watching WWE and seeing guys like Kurt Angle, you know, had that amateur wrestling background. And I started noticing a lot of other guys had amateur wrestling backgrounds. So by the time I hit high school, you know, I decided to join the uh, amateur wrestling team. And, you know, not knowing that I would have been as good as I was because the only reason why I got an amateur wrestling was to become a professional wrestler. And I ended up being a uh, All-American uh, amateur wrestler and getting multiple, you know, scholarship opportunities. And as crazy as it sounds, man, I did not take them. Wow. <laughs> because everybody, nobody knew what my purpose was to being an amateur wrestler. Everybody wanted me to, you know, be a collegiate athlete and, you know, wrestle in, in college. But, you know, I wasn't really interested in that. Like, I wanted to, I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I wanted to be in the ring. I wanted the background that Kurt Angle had. So, um, by the time I graduated, I, uh, I saw a school that was reopening called Bone Breakers, which is now MCW training facility. And, uh, yeah, from that moment on, I was the, uh, me and Patrick Clark, we were the, we were actually the first two guys to sign up. For the new school, and we were the first year to graduate. So That's incredible. That cool. That's really, really cool, dude. You know, at, at five, there are at, in this era right now in professional wrestling, guys that are undersized are achieving. You know, obviously it started mm -hmm. with the uh, Daniel Bryan, but even at, at lower levels, guys that are undersized are achieving. But most of them aren't listed at five six. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's a legitimate five six or if that's. I'm going to give myself a bump and make myself believe to be 5'6". How difficult is it for you right now as you're trying? It's one thing for guys that are already established that have years of of work that, you know, even if they don't fit a certain bill in their look, you can go back and see the way they are. But how difficult is it for you right now to get attention as a guy who is, you know, 5'6"? I, you know, man, honestly, you know, for most, um, for most guys, they would, they, they would say it's hard, but for me, ever since I, uh, ever since I started being an amateur wrestler, you know, I always tried to, always tried to say, put on a show. And it, it's crazy because, of course, I wrestled to win. I always wanted to wrestle to win, but I always wrestled to get noticed if that makes sense. Uh, I had a different style about me that I wanted to stick out and I wanted people to remember at the end of the day 
that kid that kid moved differently than than everybody else. Man, that kid had a different had a different uh persona than than everybody else. And you know, I I've always had the mindset if you believe it and you say it then it gets done. Um it's funny because Conor McGregor he said that recently that most guys don't have the balls to actually uh say what they're thinking. And I've never been the guy to, you know, hold my thoughts in. So anytime I I think that I can do something and and I text it out or, or tweet it out or whatever, I always, you know, say it verbally just so everybody else can, you know, believe what I'm saying and, and make me believe what I'm saying and it always ends up ends up happening. So uh you know, for me it's 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 not it's not hard to for me to get noticed. I don't know. It's a it's a mental thing. It's a mental thing, you know. Like some guys get psyched out uh, when they step through that curtain or they get in that ring and they kind of doubt themselves or they think that they can you know accomplish something, but they they doubt it as soon as they say it. And I've never been I've never been that type of guy. Do you think that confidence is kind of what? attracted a lot of these companies for you. You know, you're graduating, I believe you graduated from the Bone Burgers, the MCW Train Center in, I think it was last November or last October. Two months later, you're wrestling for CZW, which is a fairly prominent indie. Uh, How did you make that move so quickly, and what do you think it is that, uh, was that what what it was that they were attracted to you from? I think it was my persistence, uh, my hunger, my drive. Uh, I didn't wait. I, I think a lot of people are scared to, you know, branch out and see what else is, you know, in the world of professional wrestling. I think a lot of people get uh, comfortable and content with where they are and comfortable with just being in the situation that they're in. People are too comfortable being comfortable, and I've learned that you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. So I, as soon as, you know... As soon as I graduated, I was already months into talking to multiple promoters saying that, you know, I graduate in this amount of time and, you know, as soon as I graduate, I would love to, you know, work for your promotion. And I think that's what got me a lot of the, you know, the bookings that I have today was because I stayed in contact with so many promoters before I even graduated. And... You know, I follow up, which most people don't do. You know, people get discouraged when somebody tells them no and they give up when, you know, they hit a a rough patch in the road. But, you know, I don't let that – I don't let – I don't take no for an answer. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I just keep pushing and, you know, I think that's what got me the, the, the bookings that I have today. Leo Rush joins us here on Jobbing Out. He's taking on Joey Janella at MCW Seasons Beatings. It comes up this Saturday, 7 o'clock, at the MCW Arena in Joppa, Maryland. Go to MarylandWrestling.com to find out more. Uh, Leo, let's sort of fast forward a little bit. Um, you got a lot going on, and most recently there was a lot of noise because you showed up at Ring of Honor last week, and it leads to the, you know, the obvious question, which is, What's next? What's what's coming from that? Is something coming from that? Um, what can you tell us, I guess, is the real question that we have to ask here. Well, man, 
I uh, I honestly wish that I could tell. I from from day one, I've never known what's going to happen. Uh, I've learned in the wrestling business that you know anything can happen, anything can change. Um, decisions could be made at last minute, and that was actually a um, you know a last minute decision for me uh, for the Ring of Honor TV tapings. Um, months before that, I attended you know, two Ring of Honor um, tryout camps. And from both of them, they seemed pretty pretty impressed with me. Um, of course, uh, uh, my age was a huge factor on why they, uh, they wouldn't give me certain opportunities uh, right away. So um, that kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know... I, I, like I said, man, I never, I don't take no for an answer, and I never let anything, you know, discourage me because I know, I know what I'm capable of, and I know what I can, um, what I can overcome. So I just, you know, I just stayed on them. I kept pushing. Uh, every every time they would have a camp or a seminar, I would I would be there. I would always ask questions. I would always want to learn from the greats. Um, like Adam Cole, Jay Lethal, the Briscoes. So, um, you know, I I hope and pray that one day uh, another opportunity would would come for me where I'm able to show everybody what I can do and prove to everybody why I have the spot that I have today in professional wrestling. And um, yeah, man, I wish I mean I wish I could tell you <laughs> stuff, but I don't even know for I don't I have no clue. For myself, you know, things could change, um, things could pop up last minute, and you know, it's just a huge roller coaster ride that you know I'm just I'm just on. <laughs> How does the age thing play in the locker room? So many of these shows that you're going to, you are one of the youngest, one of the least experienced guys in the locker room. Have you ever felt any pushback from that? Uh, I think. From time to time, um, you know, there there are a couple of guys, um, not you know, not saying any names, of course, but there are a couple of guys in certain locker rooms that I go into that kind of have that bitterness. Um, not more so, I mean, I guess it will be for me, but not more so because of the fact that, you know, I'm getting certain opportunities, but the fact that they didn't get those certain opportunities when they were as young as I was in the business or or whatever you want to call it, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, some some guys I I think they they do hold it against me, but they try not to because they see how how good of an attitude that I have about about things. Um I'm not a cocky guy at all. Uh I just believe in myself so much that you know, like you gotta believe if you don't believe in yourself, then then nobody really will. You know, like I don't know, I don't know what other way to what other way to put it. No, no. And, you know, for those who who see that a certain way, that you know, I'm 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 so into myself that you know I feel like I'm better than this person or that person, which is not the case at all. I just I I'm really self motivated. And I think that that helps me out a lot. And I'm not going to stop that because, you know, there's 15-year veterans in this business that 
decide that they want to hold a grudge against me or play the uh, politics game, which I'm not a fan of at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Leo, the um, you mentioned earlier that you and Patrick were the first graduates of the school, and and obviously everybody has seen what's going on with Patrick. The the sort of the the the, the positives and the negatives of that, right? There's got to be an, an unbelievable. You're so happy for him, and yep. and even the way it rubs off on you, right? That he comes back to MCW over the summer, and you guys work together again, and 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 you get a little bit of that shine. But at the same time, you see a guy that's getting to do the things that you clearly want to do. How does that all kind of work through your mind, all of the positives and negatives that come through that? Uh, I actually, to me, I don't see any negatives from, from that, honestly. Uh, maybe, for, maybe for certain promotions or other promoters, it might be a negative for them because they want it. You know, they wanted to, uh, there was a little buzz. I'm not going to say there was a huge buzz, but there was a little buzz between, um, me and Patrick at Sudden Impact for a little while. And, uh, you know, promotions wanted to use us. Uh, people wanted us on their shows. And I think that it was a negative for them. But for me and, and Patrick, uh, me and Patrick, we, we knew from the start where we wanted to go and, and uh, how we were going to get there, you know, of course, with, with Patrick being a bigger guy, uh, there's no, you know, there's no secret about, like, of course, like the bigger guy gets the, the opportunities faster when it comes to WWE. Um, no, really? I've never noticed yeah. that before, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, Pat, Patrick wanted to, you know, he wanted to go straight off to the WWE, and I knew... As time was going on, I saw how, you know, WWE and just the wrestling business in general was starting to form, and I noticed that the smaller guys would usually come from the indies and making a name for themselves, so that's the route that I've always wanted to take. Uh, I knew if I went, if I tried to pursue going to the WWE right away, then, then I wouldn't say they would make me into somebody that I'm not, but I wouldn't. You know, it's very easy to, you know, manipulate who I am or could be. So I always wanted to, you know, stay here on the indies and make a name for myself. That way, when I do go to the WWE one day, which I hope I do, um, then people would already know who I am. Um, so it, it was it was always a, a positive for me and Patrick. We knew... We knew what we were getting into. We knew where we wanted to go and how we were going to get there. And me and Patrick know, there's no doubt in my mind that there will be a sudden impact reunion one day, whether that's months from now, years from now, who knows. Uh, you know, we had, we had our different ways. We have our different ways to get in there. And, uh, it worked out for him because, you know, people are, are noticing him as, you know, Patrick Clark and not just, you know, one half of sudden impact and, you know, I, I've gotten, you know, certain opportunities, um, with being a singles competitor now that I probably wouldn't have got being a tag team, um, competitor. So I think it, it worked out in, in, in both of our favor. When you started out, it seemed like you were wrestling, obviously, primarily with, uh, Patrick Clark as a tag team, but in other six man tags, other tag matches, uh, 
had you expected to be a tag wrestler a little bit longer before really diving into the whole singles competition? Or uh, was this kind of what you planned, that you were always ready? Okay, I'm going to dive. I'm going to win the Shamrock Cup. I'm going to win CZW titles there. Well, when I first started out, um, you know, when I was a, when I was, a, I'm not going to say a kid because I still am, but <laughs> when I was younger, uh, I was a huge Hardy Boys fan. And I always, you know, I didn't think anything of it, but I always loved tag team wrestling. So when I graduated and uh, me and Patrick were the only two and first two to, to graduate from that um, first class at that point, you know, we kind of put two and two together. <laughs> we're like, uh, maybe, maybe they're going to, you know, make us a tag team. So, um, you know, as soon, I think, as soon as I saw Patrick get signed to WWE or he got on Tough Enough, I I kind of you know had in my head that okay maybe this is this is my chance to to maybe you know get my name out there a little bit more as well and to show people that I'm not going to let that discourage me. Um, back to what I said earlier about not letting anything you know put me down. But, um, you know, a lot of people thought that once that happened that, you know, me and Patrick weren't going to be friends anymore or I was going to be mad or pissed off or whatever they wanted me to be. But um, from the start, I was I was happy for him. And, like, since that moment on, I, you know, I didn't. I never had in my head that oh, I wanted to be Shamrock Cup winner. I wanted to be CZW champion. I wanted to be this. I wanted to be that. I just had in my head that I wanted to make a name for myself. And by me doing that, that put me in those certain positions, and I took advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh, very fortunate for me that 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 got to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's been obviously really, really cool, all these chances. Hey, Leo, this is a broad question. As you're a guy that's sort of on the cusp of whatever it's going to be for the next few years, um, are, are you happy with where the industry is right now? Like, do you find yourself as excited about jumping into this as you would have been um, eight years ago as a kid who was watching the WWE? Or has has being around it made you cynical more pragmatic about looking at it like i guess just to sort of you know that out there there's just so much negativity towards the industry at the moment do you feel that as a part of it or as a part of it do you say that's not the experience that i'm having well right now that's that's not the experience that i'm having uh i i Every, everywhere I go, um, at all the shows that I that I go to on the Indies, and it's not just it's not it's not just you know the the fans or it's not just the guys in the back. It's I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something different than uh, than what I felt as a kid. Don't get me wrong, I still love the wrestling business with, you know, every inch of my heart and I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it in for anything in the world if it wasn't for I honestly don't know what I would be doing right now if wrestling 
you know, wasn't in my life. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard call on, on that. Um, as far as me though, I, I love the position that I'm in right now. I love what's going on. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential for the wrestling business to be, to be great again as far as being a, as far as being a wrestler. Uh, I feel like it's not fair almost as a fan because a lot of things have changed. Of course, we all know that the, uh, wrestling business is exposed or, Whatever, whoever's listening to this, I'm sorry if I just dropped that. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's a there's a portion of people out there that are diehard wrestling fans. They will cry as soon as somebody loses the title. I mean, there's 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 still those people out there, but I feel like there's there's a majority of people out there in the wrestling world that are kind of ruining it for those other people. That's it's an overall feeling, and I just feel like it's kind of like chopped up and split up, and it just feels weird. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's all I have to read. <laughs> uh, Leah, you know, obviously you're going around, you're working for a number of different companies right now. Let's say, obviously WWE came to you, you'd want to go in a heartbeat probably, but let's say if someone like Ring of Honor, like TNA, or someone like that, came to you and said, we want you exclusive to us. Is that something you'd be interested in, or are you enjoying the fact that you can work for so many different companies right now? Well, I would I would definitely look at the, the bigger picture. Um, I would say, I mean, there's no, I don't know, I, there's, no, there's no doubt in my mind that Ring of Honor is the number two promotion right now um, under WWE. Um, I, I would take that opportunity in a heartbeat, you know. Um, there's some guys, I'm not going to blame it on other people, but, you know, there's there's a lot of guys in, in the wrestling business that should not be wrestling. And I would much rather, you know, take my chances with being with one promotion that has such an elite and uh, top-tier amount of athletes than to be on you know, six or seven different indie promotions that have guys that have their wrestlers in the same line as the fans buying eight by tens from ex WWE superstars. Hmm. You know what I mean? I, 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 uh, I mean, it's just some, like I, I would have to look at the, the bigger picture. I would much rather, you know, be safe than, than sorry. So, um, if an opportunity was to come up where, you know, there was a TNA or a Ring of Honor or a Lucha Underground contract on the table, I would most definitely take that than, um, you know, being on the, being on the, um, the train of going around to other indies and possibly getting myself hurt. So. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Let somebody else foot the bill a little bit every now and then. Yeah. Hey Leo, this was really awesome, man. We really enjoyed this conversation with you, and Definitely. and and we are we think it's so cool everything that you've already accomplished, and we are really looking forward to seeing what's next for you. We know that we can direct people to your Twitter. It's uh, at it 
at its Leo Rush. It's weird when you say its and then you got to say its again. It's at yeah. <laughs> its Leo Rush is the uh, Twitter account. What else can we plug for you, man? Well, I do have a Facebook. Um, that's just Leo Rush. Uh, and then I have a like page on Facebook, of course, which is Leo Rush. And I have a Instagram, which is Rush Leo Rush. So they can, um, they can all follow me on those two different outlets of social media. And I also have a YouTube channel, which I constantly upload videos, which is L I G. L I G. All right. We will, uh, we will send people in those ways and we know that we can see you Saturday night at uh, the MCW arena for seasons beatings, MarylandWrestling.com. Leo, we really appreciate it, man. This has been a really, really awesome conversation. Look forward to doing this again in the future. Definitely, man. Thank you for having me. It was fun. <laughs> really cool dude, man. Yeah. He's good head on his shoulders. And, and he doesn't lie when he talks about his positive. Like you just, I remember going up to him uh, just at one of his tables at one of the MCW. It, he just, you know, he got, he has this glow to him that you could tell he just loves being yeah, there. He loves no interacting doubt. with people. Um you know, it's it's amazing him just downplay some of the accomplishments yet. You know, the Shamrock Cup thing we talked about leading up to it, how prestigious that was, and how many different people had won it, and they big, put they, big dogs. Yeah, many major major names had won it, and he's now one of those guys. You know, he just won the the CZW. I think it's their TV championship. Like he's accomplishing things that guys who are ten years older than him aren't accomplishing. He's, he's going to make a name for himself. Like I said, wouldn't shock me if we're going to – maybe not this year because, again, his age does hurt him. I know right. a lot of people don't want right. to put that much pressure on an 18, 19-year-old. But if he shows up at Ring of Honor maybe next year, you know, he kind of does a lot of the dark matches and stuff, maybe he's a jobber type situation, it wouldn't shock me at all. And then again, I didn't expect him to get this far this fast. So I, don't, I, I feel like doubting that kid is a really bad idea. I uh, enjoyed that conversation a lot and really appreciate Leo Rush taking the time for us. Um, we went obviously a little bit long with Leo because we just really liked the conversation. He's just a, a sharp dude and he had lengthy, thoughtful answers to give to us. So we had two choices. One, we could edit the interview and take some of the content out of that and, and shorten the episode that way. The other thing we could do is we could just pack it up. And Aaron and I talked about it and we bitch about wrestling enough. We're going to pack it up. Um, that way you can listen to the entire interview, and we'll always be able to make predictions for 2015 right. and talk about these other, you know. Predictions for 2015 uh, Sorry, be an interesting. Oh, uh, shut move. up, Aaron. <laughs> uh, so that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to call it a day, and we. Happy we, holidays to all of you. Yeah, all real quick. We're not going to do this every week. I want to make that very clear. This is right. not going to be no. what we do every week that we're just going to, you know, end the show after an interview or something like that. We're going to go back to doing our regular shows. But for this week, this is the way we're going to do it. Um, Aaron, real quick, let's, before we pack it up, you are on Twitter. The Aoster. We are on Twitter. Jobbing out show. You are doing what for Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Uh, I have, again, I, I've been teasing all of these interviews for Rolling Stone. I don't know exactly when they're going to come out, but I have a couple that are, we're, we're stag- we're just staggering them, so just kind of keep your eye out for those. One, I guarantee you, uh, People are going to be excited for. All right, there they, they, you go. There's one that people are going to just absolutely love. Uh, Baltimore Sun. I think I'm going to do a little bit more in depth on uh, kind of the awards we did. I'm going to find a few more superlatives to do. I'll do that sometime over the holiday season. But uh, yeah, that's what. And we look out for. and we have a Gmail. 
We do have a Gmail, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. I am on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio with two N's. Uh, our buddy AJ Francis on Twitter at AJ Francis 410. Um, we want to wish all of you a wonderfully happy holidays. If you're celebrating Christmas, very Merry Christmas to you. We are not certain yet whether we will have another episode next week or whether it will be the first week of 2016. Just you guys know how the holidays are. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things going on. Um, it won't be – if we don't have one next week, it's not a, oh, God, are we going to start doing it every three weeks. It's just might be next week we might not have one, but we might have one too. Who knows? So I'm just warning you in advance, there might not be another episode next week. But if there isn't, we will be back first week of January, and we will be getting uh, ready to roll towards the Royal Rumble. And uh, we may have some exciting things coming in 2016 for this podcast. You never know. I, I, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. All right, so on behalf of Aaron, on behalf of A.J. Francis, our silent partner, the main event from the Seattle Seahawks, I am Glenn saying have a great holiday, and we will talk to you shortly. This has been Jobbing Out.